During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. I am so excited for today's guest. She is such a beacon on my Instagram feed, but most importantly, she has cosplayed as some of my favorite characters, including Archangel and April O'Neil, among many others. She's moderated panels for Cosplay Alliance and has been featured in Marvel's Becoming series for her cosplay work as the God Queen of the X-Men, Jean Grey. Please welcome Michelle Waffle Otero. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so, I'm gushing so much just seeing you. And listeners, if you're listening to the podcast, she's dressed up as Spider-Gwen. Okay, but I have a quick surprise for you. So, I mean, I didn't mean to dress like Spider-Gwen. I actually just threw this on because underneath. What are you doing? What, 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 what? Oh my God. Oh my god! She's wearing a Generation X outfit! <laughs> so my god! It's not when, done. It's not it's done. Not done. It's not done. So she what? if you're if you're listening to this, she just she just did a costume change. <laughs> she had to do a magical girl transformation. And seal into the standard um it's not a red. Is it red and gold? It's like a pinkish gold generation X costume, this, the standard costume. Yeah. Oh my this God. one's red. It's more red in real life. Is it more red? Well, I meant in the comic book. Is it red oh. or pink in the comic? I'm always confused by that. Oh, I think it's red. I love that you just drawing and inking, I feel. You look so beautiful. Oh my God. I'm just like gushing so much. So she did an outfit change, a first ever empowerment. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about Generation X 1 through 10 today. Oh my God. You're so fierce. How did you have a belt too? Wait, let me see the belt. I don't know if you can, know if you can see it. <gasps> so <laughs> I'm really short. I just can't believe you're in that outfit. Did you make that yourself? So I had help <clears throat> from my mom. Yes. I was like, mom, I have this podcast that I'm going to do. And I, I know it's a podcast, so people listen to it. But I know you also record video. Yes. And I thought, well, that would be so fun if I could, you know, check this off my cosplay bucket list and debut it. You just gave us an exclusive award. <laughs> <laughs> the only other person that saw it before you um, was uh, Alicia from the ex-wife. You know how obsessed I am with the ex-wife. Like, I love them so much. I know. I know. And I, I know you and Alicia 
are planning something. <laughs> I see the tags. <laughs> I've are. seen the looks at book club. <laughs> Can you get, just give a hint for, 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 for Instagram, for X-Men Instagram, just a morsel of a hint and knowing that Alicia was like, mm, maybe later I'll tell you. <laughs> so knowing that Alicia said that, you can you can say what you you want to. Um, well, I feel like it's a pretty good dynamic duo. Okay. We're um, working on together. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like Jesse Spano right now. I'm so excited. I love, I, I love, I love your friendship. I am like shipping your friendship. Like, yes. So we are going to be talking about Generation X. And I may have a surprise later on. Oh, oh we're I know. I'm not, surprises. you're not the only one bringing some surprise. It's not a costume change. It's not a wardrobe <laughs> change. This isn't RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you got the right memo. <laughs> you didn't get the right call sheet. <laughs> You're like, where's Mama Rue? I'm like, no, it's just me. <laughs> I have a pumpkin story? spice latte and like a yoga mat. Like, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome to my life. But I want to get to know you because we've been talking for a while. And I just think you have such great energy. And I just, I want to know your story officially on this platform. And I wanted to kick it off by asking you, what's your earliest memory? of Marvel's Merry Mutants? Um, I would say it was in like the fourth grade. That's when the trading cards were really popular. Yes. And my brothers were like begging my parents to get them. They're like, oh, we need the trading cards. Everybody at school has them. So uh, one day, like my mom took me in there and into a comic book shop, shop, our local comic book store. And she's like, well, pick some of these out for your brothers. Like they want these. And so I was going through and there were only so many like male superheroes in there. And uh, I was getting to the female ones. These look like some badass babes in here. Like, who are these ladies? Like, what, what is their story? And, you know, the trading cards had little intros or like the Professor X files or depending on whatever series you were collecting. And so I bought some for my brothers and uh, I would read the backs. Like my brothers make fun of me that I read everything, and anything. So <laughs> I was just getting right. to know these, these characters and um, my brothers had also requested comic books. So I remember my parents had bought them uh, for my brothers and I don't know, they don't really like reading. So they <laughs> just like looked at the pictures and that was it. What? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I started picking them up because I specifically remember the X-Men comic with Rogue and Gambit embracing. And I, and I was like, this looks like an epic love story to me. Like, I, need, I need to know what's happening here. What, what is this? And I um, love that you just described Rogue and Gambit as an epic love story. <laughs> The Romeo and Juliet of the 90s. That's what it, it looked like. It looked very... I agree, though. I agree. To me, yeah. And like, I, I got to read this. I don't remember what the story was about, but I was hooked. And I think the animated series was coming out around the same time. 
Mm-hmm. And so like me and my brothers, we'd get up like extra early on Saturday mornings and we'd do the, the animated series and Spider-Man like superhero block. And, like watch it together. Like the theme song would come on and like one of my brothers would like bouncing off the couch. She had like the Wolverine claws. Like one of my brothers. <laughs> and one of my brothers was a Cyclops. Like they were very much like that in real life, I feel. Mm. And so like the Wolverine one was like bouncing off the, the couch. And we're like, yeah, the theme song was on. And uh, we just got like so hyped and we just, we couldn't wait every Saturday we were on that couch, like wanting to find out what happened next on the show. I have to tell you, our fandom experience, or at least our coming of age fandom experience is almost exactly the same. <laughs> I had the same thing, the Fleer Ultra cards, F-L-E-E-R. I always say Flair, Fleer, F-L-E-E-R. I say Flair too. Because so. they were both, they were both. But, and then there, there were like other ones as well, but like the, the F-L-E-E-R 94s, were uh, ones that my primo was collecting. And I went to the comic book store with him because my abuela was like, no, we're not going to take you. I'm I'm not taking you today. You guys go. And this is Miami in like the, you know, the 90s, you know, late Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s. Like it was not safe. But there, me and my cousin right there on Calle Ocho (laughs) going to the small comic book store right before you hit the Everglades. And it was called Line Drive Beeper and Comics. And we opened up the pack and he had you know, he was going through, he was so excited, but he had an extra rogue and he was here like, Oh, I already have this one and gave me the card. And much like you, it was like mana dropping onto like my hands. I was like, who is this woman? (laughs) And I flipped it out uh, around and it was like name unrevealed powers, absorbs memories, flights, super strength. I'm like, who is she? And that's it. That's all you got. Kids today have it so easy because they have the Wikipedia. Yes. They yes. got the wiki. Reading cards. We had to like hope we got the characters that we needed to know about. Yes. I remember reading, um, who was it? It's so random. It's uh, like Saturn 9. It wasn't the same one that's in the current, like, yeah. uh, what is it? Swords of X. Ten, ten of Swords. That one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was some like imposter. And I'm like, who the heck is this? I've never heard of this chick. Court, Courtney Ross, Saturn 9, Saturn 9. Like, I, it's yeah. all, I'm just like, I give up. I give up. Yeah, I didn't, I, I couldn't understand that. And I didn't have Wikipedia to look it up and figure it out. Exactly. We did not have Wikipedia. So that's why when I talk to some fans and I'm still confused about things, or if there's stories that like, I went to the comic book store that were already midway through like Executioner Song, like, although once I went to Executioner Song, it was years after it published, but I only found like a couple issues of it. I only read those issues. I still don't know what happened at the beginning. (laughs) You know, (laughs) obviously I read the Wikipedia pages. Binge read now, back then you could not binge read. And you didn't go on Amazon and get the whole thing. Like you had to pray that that comic book store had the issue you were looking for. Mm. And and you were sort of piecing together this much much larger story and narrative. That's, That's what I had to do. I, so I have like almost every Generation X issue. And it took me a long time to get them all because I had to go hunt. Like anytime I went to a new town, I'm like, where's the local comic book store? I got, I had my paper list in my wallet at all times, just in case there was a comic book store. And I'm like, I just need these last few issues. 
Like, I don't care what condition they're in. I need to know what happened. <laughs> but he, let me ask you, because you had the, the paper in your wallet, you were going to comic book stores. You were really passionate, especially about Generation X. What was it about the mutants that resonated with you? Um, I think it was because I was getting into comics like right when that book was coming out. And I known Jubilee from the animated series and she had just left the X-Men team and was on this new team and they were all younger. So I was, I was like in fourth or fifth grade, you know, I, these kids were just a little bit older than me and they were going through all of those like teenage issues, you know, you go through puberty, but on top of that, they also were manifesting these mutant powers that were, that were changing them more is more than just getting acne, you know, Yeah. like, man, I got all this extra skin or I blew a, like a <laughs> hole in my chest. Like Oops. I'm never going to be able to kiss a girl. Cause I have no mouth. Although can we talk about how he went on a plane with that like <laughs> hole on his chest? <laughs> what in the like I know this was pre 9-11, but my God. <laughs> like, like nobody was like, you know what? I'm getting a lot of like energy readings off of this guy. <laughs> like there were there were some kind of scanners, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like little wands, and they're all sir, you're missing like your your jaw and, uh, <laughs> and you're on fire. Like, <laughs> can we call 911 for you? you need a fire extinguisher oh my god because you're really hot god i love chamber though i know he's so broody and like british right i think he was british yeah he's like a rock star and he was like he was like emo before it was you're absolutely right i'm sorry i'm just pulling up the issues so i can i see those scenes again with him (laughs) At the fucking airport, and then end plate like crashes a party. <laughs> like that end plate was so gnarly. He I, was like the perfect villain, I think. For he Jennifer. terrified me. He was very original, and I liked that they kind of alluded to him having some kind of relationship with M. Oh, I know. And penance, but not like they didn't give it to you all at once, like. You figured it out. You got little breadcrumbs, and then later on, they're like, "There's that big reveal." And like, and even like during uh, the Phalanx Covenant, like it's hinted at that she's on the mm-hmm. run. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, I love, yeah. I love Generation X, and that's why when we were discussing our Kiki, I mean, we both mutually were like Generation X. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which issues? The first ten issues. The whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> um. So I know how you feel about the X-Men animated series. Mm-hmm. I think my question that I'm trying to formulate here in my head is I know you're a much bigger stan than just the X-Men. And obviously you've cosplayed as April O'Neil. And like, I love April. You're also a big Sailor Moon fan. I'm, I'm curious, how did the X-Men influence your fandom? It sounds like it was a spark of your fandom. Yes. Yeah, I think the X-Men definitely, like, kicked off my whole, like, geek awakening. I mean, I'd had, I'd had exposure to, like, Rainbow Bright, um, Gem. Oh, my God. I love Gem and Rainbow Bright. <laughs> Why am I obsessed with you right now? 
I wish we were together IRL. It would just be for GBF. I'd be like, yeah. would, you know what? We could have had our own little club and like it would have been great. And I got ev- like I got all my friends into my fandoms, even just for a little bit. Like we used to play X-Men on the playground. Like everyone would pick a character, and if they didn't know who they wanted to be, I would just assign them one. Like you be this one. Cause yeah. Like, who are you? Squad. I think I started off as Rogue or Storm. But once I like started watching the series more, I'm like, I'm a Jean Grey girl. Yes. Sure. Like I like I like I, I always wanted to be Jean, but I think I was more rogue. Well, what to backpedal, when we were playing Ninja Turtles, I was always April O'Neil with the boys. So like Ooh. the boys, yeah. Group of like Cubanaso little boys being like, okay, Paul, do what I said, and, and they were like, you will be April O'Neil. And like, we're sorry. I'm like, I'm happy. So I would go, <laughs> I would follow them going like this as if I had a camcorder. And with the X-Men, I was always rogue because that was like the more acceptable one. If you had to be a girl, well, you were rogue. But you were the strong, the, the strongest yeah. one or one of the stronger ones. One of the stronger ones, which like yeah. bullshit, like playground, like politics, but whatever. Like, so, but instead of like punching people and stuff, I would just touch their cheeks. <laughs> I would go up to these boys and like squeeze their cheeks. Absorbing like, your power. Absorb your powers, Wolverine. And then I would, that's how I kind of. Like you fainted. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you were you were Jean or Rogue or Storm, and you had your little squad there, and you were getting all your friends into your fandoms. Yeah, um, I think I also got them into Sailor Moon for a little bit as well. Like, not necessarily my guy friends, but my girlfriends were were kind of into it because uh, it was like it was anime, and anime was starting to get popular. You that know? was such a glorious era. And it wasn't even called mm. anime. It was called Jap animation. Yeah. I remember. And you had to call like stores in like San Francisco, just bootleg <laughs> copies. Right. Or like the internet, room. like you could buy, like someone had two VCRs so they could cord <laughs> from one to the other and you get like, the bootleg. I remember I bought a series and I was watching it with my youngest brother and we finished the last tape and he's like, well, what, where's the other table? Like what happens? And I'm like, I don't know. That's all I could buy. And he was so upset. He's like, you got me into this. And I don't even know how it ends. Like, and he was so upset. Oh my, wait, was it Sailor Moon or? No, it was, um, I might mispronounce this, but I think it was like Kimaru Orange Road. Oh yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember. It was a, it was a nice little story. I, Sailor Moon, Ray Earth, (laughs) QT Honey, um, I was obsessed. Uh, Vision, Wedding Esca, Peach, <gasps> Wedding <laughs> Peach, Rama and a Half. Oh my mm. God! And, and Anime Rika, I believe, was the name of a magazine too. And and Smile Magazine had the Sailor Moon super ass manga in it. Like I was obsessed. Oh my God! We would have been mm. such great friends in the night. I wish I had you. Oh, I know. Me too. I probably would have been a happier person growing up. <laughs> but wait, so you're okay who if you had to pick one x-man and we're talking about all the teams generation x x-men x-force who is your favorite x-man and it can be mutant it doesn't necessarily have to be like an x-man proper it could be like celine or something like that i mean jean gray is my yes like like she's my number one bae and then you know, on the guy side, it's always going to be Namor. 
Oh. He is a snack. And he's so like, oh my God, he's just so sexy and so confident. And like, I just, I just love that. I love a strong, confident, sassy guy. He's probably an Aries because I love Aries. Oh my God. I'm drawn to that. <laughs> I love a good Aries too. I love Aries. Yes. Is your husband Aries? He is, but just barely. He's oh. on, so I call him an Aries with Taurus tendencies. Oh, that's that's so cute. I yeah, I I love Aries. I love Leos. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm fucking crazy. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm a Gemini, so I'm also fucking crazy. Well, I love that your husband has cosplayed as Shatterstar. You know my feels on his Shatterstar. I I was showing my husband, <laughs> your husband. <laughs> And you're like, like, look at this husband. Well, he was, you're like, oh my gosh, she with Louis Tan at a Comic-Con, like where he dressed up. I'm like, no, that's her oh husband who looks God. identical to him. In that we costume. met Louis Tan in person. I know you have the sign that shatters. Girl, I stalk you. Girl, if I'm going to be your GBF, I know your receipts. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know them. Oh, like oh, my husband looks so good as Shatterstar. It was ridiculous. And it was his idea to cosplay that too. And um, we were, I forget where we were, I think it was LA Comic Con, and we were walking by Rob Liefeld, like his booth had like a super long line, like of people like wanting to meet him, and my husband was dressed as Shatterstar, and all I hear is, Shatterstar, come here, and then he gets to take a picture and meet Rob Liefeld, he like cuts the line and everything. And meanwhile, you're in the back of the line, that's Dazzler. (laughs) Well, he told me, he's like, oh, you're a really good Dazzler. (laughs) Oh, you were able to go though. That's good. I, I I didn't take a picture or meet him. I just took pictures from afar. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Meeting um, Rob. Oh my God, I like I, you know Rob. He like I've I love his podcast. I think he has interesting views on the comic book industry. But then sometimes he has really <laughs> awful opinions that you're just like, you don't need to comment on that. You know what I mean? Like just. But he has a lot of words he needs to get. I know. And I'm like, shh, don't say that. It's a little problematic, Rob. Like, I know. You know, and it's, uh, it's, but that being said, though, like he loves his fans and he's full of energy. And everyone who's met him has said nothing but great things. And he does Instagram lives. Have you ever seen one of his Instagram lives? I think I did for like a few seconds. You know how sometimes you accidentally like click on a notification <laughs> and you join it alive and you're all, oh, I'm. I guess I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. He, like the last one he did, he's here like, so, hey, I have a shamrock shake and these are so good and I got my vaccine. I'm totally fine. Huh? What's that? Someone's saying I don't know how to draw feet. Oh, you know what? Fuck you, man. Wait, you know what? You know better yet? Oh, okay. What's your name? Oh, there you are. Blocked. You're done. I have a shamrock shake. Like, I'm like, holy shit. This man is on fire. I remember like, his Twitter rant that uh, got him like banned or temporarily banned oh i know people like, took screenshots of it and i was like wow he's getting he's getting real deep <laughs> he gets real deep even like with the jordan what he said recently that was problematic was the george floyd uh you know stuff mm-hmm. and it, just a trial playing on abc and so you're like i don't want to see this trial i'm like you don't need to tweet that you yeah. do not need to tweet that there are people who didn't want to see and think it's important but yeah. Anyways, Rob Liefeld, you're always welcome on this <laughs> podcast and just be your normal crazy self. 
Um, okay, wait. So who is your least favorite X-Men? There's only one right answer. I mean, I know who you want me to say. <laughs> who I want you to say isn't who you're gonna <laughs> say. I feel like there's somebody that's just like a smidge tiny bit worse. Okay, okay. And that is Professor X. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, he's just like up in everyone's business. Like not practicing what he preaches. And feel like him and Beast sometimes are on the same page about a lot of things. And so he's also like the leader. And I think he should just set a better example. Like, you know, if you're going to chastise somebody for just for all the, if you're going to chastise the other telepaths for entering people's minds and thoughts, then you should do it yourself. Maybe you shouldn't have been illegally downloading mutant subconsciousness for like God knows how long and then forcing a resurrection <laughs> upon them without their consent. I'm just saying. Yeah. New but- Professor X in that skin tight suit with the helmet is also like really creepy. Like, oh, I know. I don't know he's like dancing around like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Is like who is this character? Is this this can't be the professor? Like no. Well, some of the early theories with Hoxbox was that it was Moira in Xavier's head mm-hmm. because of that very like creepy dance when he's like resurrecting <laughs> people. And I, I don't know why people would assume that's Moira. But <laughs> I would assume Xavier would dance before Moira, but sure. You know, I guess he had a more feminine uh, pose there, but whatever. Yeah. But um. <laughs> I, I, I like what they're doing with the X-Men now, but yes, I think the idea is there's so much history with a character like Xavier that you're like, dude, you got to practice what you preach. Stop being a fucking jerk. Yeah. Did he, I don't remember. Did he demote Jubilee to Generation X? No, I think Jubilee elected to leave. I think after the phalanx, Convent thing. She maybe realized she needed, yeah, like to to hone her powers a little bit better. So I think it was kind of like almost a voluntary thing or like a mutual agreement. Like, yeah, let's send you to to work with more people who are who are a little bit greener. You know, you're just you're almost there. You're almost there, Jubilee. You're almost there. You just need a few more credits to graduate. <laughs> I Jubilee during the Phalanx Covenant is f- hysterical as fuck. But like, I remember thinking, and when we read it for book club, I may have said this, which was like, she is awful. Like she's there. Like Emma's like worried. And Jubilee's like, what's wrong, Frosty? Are you afraid these kids are going to die like your Hellions? And I'm like, you're 14 years old. How could you talk like that to someone who's older? I know. She was real sassy. She was a sassy queen. And I think what I love about these first 10 issues is that we see a vulnerability with her, mm-hmm. especially, yeah. you know, in later issues. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I think she's really nice when it comes to penance, too. I am. She, she, like, has, like, a soft spot for her. And I think that's that's kind of funny because she hates or she doesn't hate, but she dislikes M. <laughs> she just dislikes any fabulous, powerful telepath. I mean, I'm already seeing the common denominator with Emma and M. So, well, I I wasn't a big fan of M in the beginning too. I thought she was a little like cold and mean. 
you know, like yeah. she's like a mean girl, but yeah. later on um, when her past is more fleshed out. Yeah. I, I understand her a little bit better. And I, I think she is a, a good character. They're all like really good characters, except for, um, I think Mondo. Like I didn't really, uh, <laughs> I know it, it, it's still a question mark for me. Although I would party with Mondo like in a heartbeat. He seems way chill. My God. Can you imagine? And I believe Cordelia Frost has a relationship with him. Yes. I, it's been a couple at this point, a couple decades since I, <laughs> since I read those issues, but um, I believe he, he has ties with Cordelia. Um, is it Mondo one or Mondo two? Cause we're, I think there might've been two Mondo. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Mondo two is like the real Mondo and this is like faux Mondo. Yeah. Faux Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> something like that it is such a like convoluted history but yeah it is who is your favorite x writer you know i i don't really have one that's fair that's fair i yeah there's nobody that i follow on a regular basis i just kind of go with the series and whoever's writing it as long as they're not fucking it up um i'm in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is easy, you know, sadly easier to do. But is there a favorite story that you've liked or a couple of stories that you're just like, yes, that one? I I really enjoyed Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. It, the, the first. Oh, yeah. That goes part. without saying. Yeah, because everything else I was like, why are we back here? <laughs> this was supposed to be like a reskin of the 616 reality, not like a different dimension altogether. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. Uh, that story was really good it was I just thought it was crazy because there were characters who were who were once good who are now bad and bad who are now good and then some that are in like this weird gray area yeah and some that were just like drastically changed because of these events I thought that was pretty cool plus Wolverine and Jean are together and I love that I think they're so hot together, especially in Age of Apocalypse. And even now in Krokoa, I'm a big fan of Scott and Emma, to be very clear. Me too. And like, I... apparently that's sacrilegious mm-hmm. among Jean stands, but I'm like, no, keep Jean away from the Summers family. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I'm, I like Cyclops and Emma, Jean and Wolverine. Yes, I love that. And then they can just all kind of be together when they want to be, if they want to be they want to wait hold up so your favorite (laughs) hold up your favorite (laughs) one of your favorite stories is age of apocalypse obviously we just got the age of apocalypse wave well just got the last summer we got the age of apocalypse (laughs) wave and we have a new age of apocalypse wave for the marvel legends coming up what do you what do you think of those figures and and who do you hope to see in an upcoming wave well, I mean, Obviously, I th- that's my Oprah question. <laughs> that's my Oprah question. Oh, I think we should definitely get a rogue figure since she was very um, prominent in the series. Agreed. Uh, we already have, we already have Blink. Yeah. Kind of. Like- I wish they'd give us the real Age of Apocalypse Blink. <laughs> yeah. Not the Exiles head. No shade. I think she looks great. Love the Exiles head but I want a blink head, like AOA blink head. Yes. Maybe, maybe we'll get one with that wave. Maybe someone will yeah. throw it in there. Hang on. There is a rumor. There are the, the 
ISBNs, I call them ISBNs, they're not ISBNs, like whatever like number they have, um, were leaked with some of like the first letters. So I think people are theorizing Rogue, Iceman, Magneto. Hang on, let me look here. Those are all good. Yeah. Uh, Legion, Legion, which I think would be phenomenal, and Kitty. Those are just some of the ones. Ooh. Ooh. I, I think we need a storm in there, though. I agree. I think we need a storm. I'm not, and a Nightcrawler. And I'm shocked they wouldn't do Nightcrawler given the mold that they, they could use that again. Or maybe he'd come out like as a fan channel exclusive. Yeah. That would be good. I know. Okay. I mean, I would really, like, this is like way out there. I know they would never do it, but I would love an Age of Apocalypse Dazzler. <gasps> I know. Oh my God, with her with smoking. a cigarette. Her, yeah, with I was about cigarette. to say her smoking her <laughs> ciggy right there. Like, oh my God. I, I especially like, Gambit and the externals. I thought that was a great. I would love Dazzler, Quicksilver, Storm, Gambit, and Lila Cheney. I think those would be like ones that I would just like without apology love. Can we? Hasbro? I know. Hasbro, please, hey. please. Ryan Ting, Dan. I mean, please. while we're at it, can we get a Gen X wave? Oh, girl. <laughs> You are speaking hard truths there because I couldn't agree with you more, especially oh. Emma in her Gen X like teacher outfit. Like, yes, a corset and a whip. Like, can you imagine? What kind of school are these kids going? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the Generation X Toy Biz wave growing up? Um, I I had pennant and I had Jubilee. Oh. I only collected girl figures for a really long time. Yes. Same. I mean, I got them all. I mean, let me be clear. I got them all, but I only wanted the girl figures. Yeah. Like I literally like almost cut a bitch just to get Phoenix at Sears. <laughs> Wait, which one? The the light up? The light up one, like with her hair. And that launched her. Yeah, like the catapult thing. Like, mm-mm-mm. That figure was nice. I remember when that came out. I was so excited. I know. She was the only one I wanted. I eventually was able to get her at KB, <laughs> not Sears. It did not work out at Sears. I literally even like made my dad get like an associate so they can look back and <laughs> check see. the back, please. Check the back, please. Because I knew even then. But no, if you were hunting the girl figures, like another one that stands out is April O'Neil. Like you were trained to be like, no, you have some more in the back. Open up that yeah. case because she's one per case. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I don't know why they didn't make more. But well, it was school of thought back then that the yeah. boys, that only boys would want to play with boy toys and girls would <gasps> only want the girls. And so now, obviously, we have a wave with multiple female characters because that's not true. Because collecting and being a fan is sexless. It's genderless. You know yes. what I mean? Like, people want that character. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I and whole other people had that idea already when we were growing up. But, like, I'm glad corporate America has finally caught up. Yes. Same. Same. Okay. So who is your favorite ex artist? I, mine is like, it's a team. Okay. So I really like the Dodson, uh, Terry and Rachel. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, their art is just so, it looks like stained glass to me. Like it's just so perfect. 
Like it should be in a museum. I eat my words now because for the longest time I was like, I hate the Dotsons. They look like bloated Saturday morning cartoons. But then like three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, I was on the subway platform coming back from Bed Bath & Beyond because I had a coupon and I'm basic. And I was like, (laughs) I'm really craving to see the Dotsons. And now I am so obsessed with the Dotsons. I can't stop like with the dots. So I'm there. That's fortuitous that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're just so like, I don't know. I just love the way that they're drawn and inked and colored. It's just, I just, I remember them on the Generation X run. That's where Mm -hmm. I got introduced to them. And then I'm so glad they came back to do the covers for the Generation X like reboot as well. I thought they were going to do the whole thing, but it was just the covers and yeah, with Jubil- Vampire Jubilee, I'm picturing that. Oh, yeah. I, it's funny. I never put it together that it was the Dawson, Dodsons, excuse me, and that they were doing that direct homage. I did not read that series. You did not miss <laughs> Well, I think it's because all of us want it. I know Kid Omega was on there, and I have nothing against Quentin Choir. And I think that's where they resolved Jubilee being a vampire, right? Mm-hmm. Like his portion of the Phoenix or something. But yeah. I like, just, all the, the teammates the, like the original team like wasn't all there yeah and the new team like the new team was great like they were very diverse um they had like the same kind of formula that the previous generation x had where people came from all different types of backgrounds and um it just i don't know it just didn't feel the same like i wanted to see the og cast they made cameos and I think the big baddie was M plate, but you know, with the M, like everybody merged together. So they were, they were kind of paying like this homage to the previous series. And it's just, um, I don't think maybe it was executed fully. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So we're going to be discussing generation X issues one through 10 and a lot happens here. So Michelle, I'm curious, what are your overall feels for the first 10 issues? Um, well, that's a very broad question. Uh, I felt like my feels were just all over the place. Yeah. There was, you know, everyone's kind of getting to know each other, first of all. So the team dynamic isn't quite there yet. Like they're all, I think, very hesitant to like start bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a game of Scrabble between Paige and um, and Skin. Yeah, hostile. I was like, or passive aggressive. You know, like they were, they were just like going through the motions, and then like Paige is really rude. I think to Jono, who's outside. She's like, she says something really snarky to him, and I'm like, girl, that's your future boyfriend. I know. And I love how she like spies on him. Yeah, she's creeping. She's like, oh. And Emma and her like loft sweater and like necklace is just like, darling, what are you doing? Like, girl, you know what that girl is doing. Like, you know what's under that sweater. You know. (laughs) (laughs) She just threw that on because she was facing through and like her her bondage. (laughs) (laughs) She was just like, yeah, I'm doing some press today. I may as well look a little decent for the outside. Um, I I really liked it. I remember 
I, I read in Wizard, someone had like given a review about it. And I was like five, you know, if not five, in fifth grade or sixth grade. And I remember the person who had written into Wizard was like, you know, New Mutants is great. And there was a whole generation that grew up with New Mutants. But I can go with my friends and we'll start a campfire and we'll read Generation X and we will feel close to these characters because it's our age. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I would encompass like my feelings for it. Even though much like you, I was like in fifth grade when Generation X was coming out. But it was close enough in my age range where they were just like the cool kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you wanted to be like, you're like, they, they were, were like the, the middle schoolers. Yes, exactly. They're in elementary that. school. Yeah. yeah. And you just look up. they're only in reality, they're probably only two, three years older, but you're just mm-hmm. like, Whoa, you know? And that's how I just sort of feel about it. And I had the first issue like you, um, you, the holographic cover, but you actually have it like framed, right. Or, um, I, have, I have the original original one that came out where it's like stapled and wrapped around. And then I just recently purchased the unfolded, unstapled, completely flat. Oh, I love that so much. I wish we got more holographic covers. We, I get it from a publishing standpoint. As someone who used to work in publishing, it's expensive. I get it. But so how did you feel about the creative team, Chris Pachalo? I say Pachalo, I, Pachalo, I'm sure it's wrong. You say it better than I. What do you say? Uh, I mean, can we call it like Baco? <laughs> yeah, I think it's- So Chris bad at pronouncing things too. No, same here, don't worry. It's, it's fine. I know that's like among fandom. So people, you guys can blow up our DMs with that. Yeah. Um, and, and Scott Lobdell. And I, you know, Scott Lobdell is a can of worms, but- divorcing what happened in real life in the years to come from like the actual art, like the art of, you know, writing and creating comics. What do you, how do you feel about the the series? I, uh, creators. I loved, I loved what they created. I felt like, I don't know, it just felt real. And there was like a little bit of darkness to it with the art. And I don't know, it's just, it felt very like magical. Like they were a very good team, I think. To, like, I, how else are you going to bring to life like somebody who has a ginormous like fiery thing in their chest and like make it look as glorious as it did on those pages? Like, yeah. Chris, Chris's art, and because I don't want to continue butchering his name, I'm going to call him Chris. Chris. My good friend, Chris, um, who I did reach out to and was like, yo, you want to interview? And like, he's here like, no, I can't kick you right now. The deadlines are insane. (laughs) I'm like, are they? (laughs) But are they? (laughs) Um, I think his art is so kinetic, Michelle. I love it. I love his Emma with the bob. I love penance with her claws. Yes. I love the outfits. I just think, and, and like what we're talking about with Chamber, he's just, he looks so good. Like how the fire is just like zigzagging through the, the, the panel. I love it. And I love how he does Sink's uh, powers as well. Yes. And here, and look, look at this king. Banshee with his oh John Lennon glasses. Look at that. I oh. just think like, you know, I was 
I was talking to Cy Spurrier yesterday, and he talked about the importance of having to write for your artist when you're a comic book writer. You're writing for your artist as well. Mm -hmm. And I just feel Lobdell and Chris were on the same page. And Mm -hmm. I think Lobdell was writing for Chris, and I think Chris was drawing for Lobdell. I agree. I fully agree. And it's just so like, look at that. Yes. Oh. It's like, it's just like the, the, the art is just drenched, you know, on the page. I just, I love it. I love Jono in the rain. Like, oh, God. I know he's so. The happy. rain can't make those fiery emo. <laughs> Girl, nothing could put out that fire. <laughs> so the first two issues, a lot is thrown at us. You know, we get like penance, you know, coming in, we get M plate and, mm-hmm. You know, I think we also see Paige uh, using her powers for the first time. And the two instances that come to mind was one, that opening shot with her jogging and her looking really sweaty and Jubilee sitting there with her her bare claw feet. Yeah, her little fuzzy slippers. Which is like so emblematic of like 1994. That is, listeners, if you weren't alive in 1994, A, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> like, cause I maintain 94 <laughs> through 97 are great years, like in human history. Um, but B, like she looks so funny and Paige is like, Oh, no worries. And like rips off her face Yeah, and she's no longer sweating. I wish I could do that. Oh, like, you're fabulous. You know, like, I feel, I feel sweaty today. I'm just going to exfoliate real quick. Yeah. I was right here. Do you think she gets sprinkles? No. No, I doubt it. Well, also she's like 12. So <laughs> not 12. <laughs> I can say that she's like 12. Cause I'm in my mid to late thirties, but like the character is probably like 16, but like, oh. um, she, I just, I loved, I loved that look for, for, for Paige. And especially when she fights penance and she's like, I don't know really what her skin transforms into. I don't know what kind of textures they she are. She doesn't there. even know at this point. Okay, she's, I, I think it's still random. When okay. she's just like, I'm just going to rip it and go with it. Like I'm going to rip and ask questions later. <laughs> but yeah, so she, you know, attacks penance and I love the, the look there. I love the entire battle sequence with all of them. I believe Jubilee is, is that Jubilee who's wearing a cowl? Yes. Cause it's raining. I love Jubilee's haircut. In that. Like, oh my God. like, I don't know when she got that haircut, but it looks so good. Well, you know what? You're absolutely right because she had the really short bob before. Yeah, it was like it was the Debbie like, Moore. Yeah, it was a little shaggier, I think, or something. And then when I see her again, when she's trying to track penance, like this too. Oh yes, I. <laughs> That's Emma Frost. <laughs> Emma Frost in her lost sweater. sweater. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. Continue. Um, I don't know when she got that that new haircut, but it was very like sleek. Yeah. Like I had a little bit of an undercut. Yeah. It, it's kind of like what Grace Park had in Battlestar Galactica season, like four or three versus the Debbie Moore cut. Like, yes, it looks so good on Jubilee. So those mm-hmm. first two issues, we had them there um, kind of the team coming together. How do you think, the Phalanx Covenant like influenced them and like the beginning of Generation X. I think it gave them like a bonding moment 
almost like they all went through this really traumatic event where they almost got murdered and then they lost they lost a a, a friend yeah. too blink you know so that um like tragedy tends to bring people together and so it wasn't just about them all being young and having these powers and trying to figure out like, what's going on with their bodies but they're also trying to figure out i think where they go from here you yeah. know it's it's nice that they're all on this journey together <laughs> where do we go from here hey emma frost is gonna be <laughs> your teacher now <laughs> So kids, <laughs> let me get my <laughs> teaching whip out. So kids, this is a corset. We're going to be corset training, darling. And you know she's looking at Paige with that. She's like, darling, I knew you were from a trailer park, but here's a corset. <laughs> um, do you think that Emma was the right person to lead this team? Okay. So in the beginning, I didn't really know much about Emma, except that she was a baddie before yeah. this i didn't know that she had a team before because i was like i was a kid i didn't read, like the past stories i couldn't find those back issues <laughs> no that's that's very yeah. fair you did yeah. not know listeners i did not know her backstory listeners there was no wikipedia <laughs> yeah so i was like are, are we sure we want a villainous yeah. running an academy i was like look at what she's wearing like that's not kid appropriate I love that you who are a kid, you're like, that is not appropriate for kids. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot of non-kid appropriate things to know what was appropriate for my age and what wasn't. (laughs) My mom was just happy I was reading. She's like, oh, she's reading. I would love to be just a fly on the wall in the waffle household (laughs) growing up. Oh my God. It was crazy. Crazy for sure. It's you and two brothers? Uh, I have two younger brothers and an older half sister. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. That's fun. Do you guys Brother, all kiki still? Uh, we try. Um, one of us is in a different time zone. My middle brother is in Europe. Oh wow. So his like evening is my like morning. You're like, no, we're not doing that. And like, usually when he calls me, he's like, yeah, I'm like, I've had a bottle of wine. I'm like, oh, well, I've just had coffee. So. You're like, it's 6 a.m. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can't drink. I'm going to work. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, Emma was one of those characters that I don't know why a character like Rogue can be forgiven and brought into the X-Men, no questions asked. But Emma, who has proven herself to be a leader, to be servicing a much higher agenda between whatever the X-Men are doing, she she mm-hmm. will do what needs to be done for the greater yeah. good. She's not Captain America where let's find a way. She's like, no, this is what needs to be done and I'm going to fucking do it. And no matter what the cost, but it's servicing the greater good. Yes. I don't know why even till today, Emma is viewed at with the, that suspicious lens, even from I'm a diehard Emma fan. I, and I still am like, Oh, what is Emma up to? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's always like a, a hidden agenda. Yes, that's why we, I feel like there's always something else there, but is it good? Is it bad? Is it like in the gray area? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This will- find out when we get there <laughs> but you know speaking about the gray area i, I do want to ask about age of apocalypse but the issue before 
Age of Apocalypse for Generation X, which would become Generation X, they have the Christmas issue where, you know, again, Emma and Paige are spying on <laughs> on Juno, but <laughs> Banshee takes the rest of the kids and they, you know, they're driving through town and there's a child named Elliot who's presumed to be a mutant who's holding his teacher hostage. And this is where we get Nanny and Orphan Maker coming in and, you know, the, the entire situation unravels and it ends with Elliot, you know, having his teacher have a heart attack and, and sort of being, I can't remember if he dies, but, you know, the moral is that like, hey, he looked different, but he actually isn't a mutant and he was being ostracized. And I just felt like that was such a like turning point for me as a reader with this series, I was like, they're going to tackle like really big, heavy issues. Mm-hmm. And then of course, at the end, Jubilee is there <laughs> reading, like she breaks the fourth wall. She's reading something like, oh, blah, 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 M-Cron crystal, blah, 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 universe. <laughs> and then like the ice just comes in and like the crystal ice, excuse me, comes in and boom, we go into generation next. I, when I was reading that as a kid, I didn't realize that was happening. I was just like, where's the comic book I've been reading like, the past four months? Like, did it get canceled? <laughs> I invested. <laughs> I had it, no idea it became Generation X, even though it totally explains that in like the back panel part, if I had just bothered to read it. I agree with you. It, it threw a lot of people off. It did throw me off too. And you know, as I've mentioned before, uh, when I was on Generations of X, a podcast, Flinkman and I did interview Scott Lobdell. And he talked about that process for Age of Apocalypse because they were, they were initially apprehensive because they're going to pause the books that are doing so well. And they just launched Generation X. And four issues in, you're going to cancel that fucking title and replace it with this alt world. Again, in today's world, you're like, who the fuck cares? But back yeah. then, that was unheard of. That was a big Absolutely deal. Absolutely unheard of. I want to, so I, I want to ask a question about Banshee, though. Okay. Did we think Banshee was a good choice to lead the team as well? Um, uh, as my fourth grade self, I was not completely aware of who Banshee was. And he seemed like a stand-up guy to me. I felt, as I read more, I'm like, okay, well, he's he's dressed more appropriately. He's got some experience being X-Men. Like, yeah, he's going to balance out this Emma Frost chick real good. Like, And then I was rooting for them to get together the whole time. I, I don't know what kind of, like, weird chemistry they had. It's like, will they or won't they, like, are they into each other? Are they not? Is she like teasing him? Is he teasing her? Like, are they going to hook up or what? Like, please just make it happen already. <laughs> just make it. Ha- I, you know, it's, I re, when I was rereading for our, our talk today, mm-hmm. I seem to remember the issue where Emma goes into Banshee's mind and we're doing a tour of his, you know, his past, which by the way, like Banshee, like <laughs> shady, you know, talking about characters with like sorted past, but Emma looks at Banshee and as a kid, 
I remember that scene where she's here, like, he can't go until I have a chance to dot, dot, dot. And I always read it as her saying something that was like, before I have a chance to say that I love you. And I did not get that this time around as, as a reader. I actually thought the relationship was a little bit more earnest. And I was talking to Jeremy Ratchford, who played Banshee in the Generation X movie. And he, you know, when I was like, oh, Emma and Banshees, you're like, no, that, that's not how the relationship would have been. Like, maybe they would date other people and neither one of them would approve. And maybe there was something going on there, but it was more of a, like a Mulder and Scully situation that they were always like, they had a rapport. It was a very special relationship, but it wasn't romantic. Didn't Mulder and Scully eventually? I know. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You, you have this rapport with somebody for so long that it's like, well, you know, we have good chemistry as friends. Maybe we could take it to the next level and see. Yes. I mean, I remember very specifically, I don't know what issue it was, but Banshee goes knocking on Emma's door and she greets him in like a sheet or something. Oh, yeah. Reams him for disturbing her slumber and then as she dismisses him she throws the sheet away and he gets a peek at something yeah like oh 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 look at that and even and even here though like i mean to to now play devil's advocate to what i said when they find banshee like stuffed in the refrigerator (laughs) and emma's like the first one's like no we are she's the one who like has a really great reaction to it and she goes into his mind and she really wants to save him and again that's where she you know when i was a kid because that i thought that there was an implication of something larger in their romance because she strokes his hair telepathically in that memory and it's cute yeah i think they definitely care about each other for sure because they've gone they've grown and gone on this journey of being mentors for these young kids together so like, I mean, there could be. Could there be could something. be. There could be. What about Jubilee? How do we feel Jubilee has grown? And we kind of touched upon this before. How do we feel she's grown from the X-Men to Generation X? Besides her new fabulous hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, she's probably the one that's got the most, like, battle experience out of all the kids. Um. But I like that she's not like really taking like leadership of the team. She's the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, she's just like they're saying, like, well, you know, in my experience, like we did this, but whatever you guys want to do, you know, I think she mentions like the X-Men a lot and somebody calls her out for it. I can't remember who it is. Yes. I'm forgetting who who called her out on it. Yeah. But yeah, they call her out on it and she even says, like, wow, when I was with the X-Men, I I was being taken care of. Now I have to take care of Penny, you know, Penance. Because she loves yeah. giving, like, <laughs> nicknames to everyone. <laughs> and I love, I do love her growth. And I love what you just said right now. I'm glad she would have been the obvious person to have as a team leader. But I don't think organically Jubilee is a leader. I think she's yeah. a streetwise hero who can 
do her own missions and is more than capable of doing a mission. But I think leading, you have a Guthrie on the team. Guthrie goes there. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that they had her more in that Wolverine role, which is, you know, she is a spiritual successor to Wolverine. And Gene Nation obviously appears in there as well. Yes. Like that was fucking like baller. And like they kidnap <laughs> Emma and like Emma's just like, oh, la la la. And like the kids are fucking in New York and M goes catatonic, which do you know what the original plan for M was? Um, I, I don't. I only know what they put. What they eventually showed. Yeah. Yeah, M was supposed to be, you know, the the two twins kind of using her as okay. a as like a vessel. But I love that we got G Nation because I thought Mero was a fucking badass character. Like I love Mero. I remember her from I think I think she was in the animated series. Uh, was she? I don't remember. Maybe I don't I remember I I knew her from somewhere else. And when she yeah. made her appearance, I was like, oh. There she is. Yeah. Oh, you know where you, no, no, this is where you probably knew her from. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom as well. Ooh, oh, I, I think. That could have been before or after. I don't remember. She was big. Meryl had her moment. I don't think she was in the animated series. So what did you, what do, what do you think about Generation X being a byproduct of a certain time and place? I think we've kind of already like said this. But, like, I feel like Generation X could have only come in the 90s. I would have to agree. Just because when they tried to resurrect it, it didn't have, like, the same feel. I wish they would just, like, have a reunion with the team. Like, it, it's not out of, like, think about friends you had at an old job. You're going to be on a group text with them, and you're going to be like, let's all get beers together. Why can't yeah. they just do something like that? It does not need to be a miniseries. It just needs to be a little bit of a reunion. Like a one-shot. Yeah. Do, like, a little one-shot. A little one-shot with them. Yeah. How about the movie? So, I oh. just rewatched this movie last night. Oh! <gasps> shut the fuck up yeah my husband had never seen him and he was here like why did you do this to me yeah he's like i heard it's really bad i'm like it's really not that bad but this was like this is elementary school me staying up late to watch this movie and we're watching it together and i'm just like oh you know what i remember this a lot differently 